Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Praise God. We'll be glad to have you. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning, if you would, to the back, uh, the back, the book of Acts. Chapter 4, verse number 13. I'm going to read one verse this morning. Acts chapter 4, verse number 13. When you get it, just stand to your feet for the reading and the reverence of the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a, a sweet presence of the Holy Spirit in here this morning. Our good friend Barbie is in the hospital. Most of you know that. We talked about it Thursday night. Uh, Barbie said about right there where, uh, yeah, where uh, Axel Rose is. Uh, and... Uh, she said about right there, and she was the loudest person in this church. She loved to shout and amen and praise Jesus. Amen. And there was nobody in the city limits of Pittsburgh that didn't know who Life Changers Church was because of Barbie. Amen. She let everybody know that Jesus was in this house. Amen. She loved to praise God. She wasn't... Uh, uh, one time I remember going back when we was, uh, I was preaching and she liked the preaching so she stood up and she clapped and she kept standing up and there was people behind her and they was trying to see and I said Bobby sit down and she said I can't <laughs> <laughs> amen and I mean she, she just loved the Lord and uh, so anyway she, she had a stroke Thursday and uh, praise God we prayed for and so we know that uh you know, all of our prayers and all of our faith. We know that we are healed, amen, by the blood of Jesus, right? Praise God. Whether in this world or in his world, amen, we are healed. That is absolutely it. And uh, listen, the Bible uh, plainly tells us that, uh, that we're to stand on faith. We're not to just not believe just because it looks bad, amen? We're supposed to stand in belief and pray. But we know that when death does come, that the Holy Spirit comforts us. Because that's what the Bible says he is. He's a comforter, amen? He not only guides us, but he comforts us through those places in our life, amen? So we're going to continue to pray uh, for Sister Barbara, and uh, we're going to continue to hold her up in prayer. Praise God, and we're going to believe, amen, that, uh, that the will of God, amen? Come on, somebody. Sometimes we want our will, but sometimes we have to step out of the way and let God do his will because we know we know that we are here to do his will. It's not our will, but his will. Even Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Amen? Praise God. So uh, we're going to keep Sister Barbie in our prayers. Acts chapter 4, verse number 13. I'm going to read one scripture here. I took it out of the King James Version because uh, there's a couple of words here that I am going to preach on. Acts chapter 4, verse number 13. Now, when they saw the boldness, how many, how many knows we need boldness? Yeah. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were, if you have a pencil, you can underline these words, unlearned and ignorant men. 
They were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you give it to me just like you gave it to me in my prayer chambers uh, this weekend. Heavenly Father, Lord, that you begin to move all over this place this morning. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. Uh, somebody's waving me down. I forgot to take tithing offering. Amen. So we're going to take up a tithing offering this morning. We thank you for your giving. Remember, you're not given to pay a lot bill. You're not given to pay a mortgage. Amen. You're given because that's a commandment that God gave us that we should give. Amen. So this is all about you. It's not about the church. When God called us 25 years ago into ministry, he, he sealed the deal. We're not begging for it. Amen. If God called us, amen, that he's going to see us through. Praise God. So this is about you. It's not about us. It's about you. Amen. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you for this opportunity heavenly father lord as we begin to give lord as we are in covenant with you uh, father we know uh, heavenly father lord that you said in your word that as we would give you would rebuke the devourer for our sake uh, on this offering right here that we set aside for you uh, heavenly father you would rebuke the devourer for our sake uh, and so father we give you praise in jesus name everybody said amen you may come at this time and give Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Amen. Acts chapter 4, verse number 13. While you're seated, I'm going to read this one more time. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Amen. Acts chapter 4. Uh, Acts chapter 2, the Bible declares and, and talks about the power of the Holy Ghost coming down. Y'all remember that, right? Praise God. Talks about the Holy Ghost coming down and begin to move. The Bible said it moved upon 120 men and women that were in the upper room. Started out with 500. Amen. Ain't that sometimes how crazy that is? Starts out with so many, praise God. And then we kind of fret because where's all the people? But, uh, you know, we have to understand that God has his will. Amen. And so 120 men and women. But when you look at that number 120, you, you, you have to see that God is always always doing his will. He's not doing ours, but he's doing his. There was 120 uh, men that sat on the Sanhedrin as they began to judge. And so God was taking the first Pentecost because the very first Pentecost, amen, was when he told Moses, he said, I want you to go and I want you to have a feast. And on this day, this will be the day of Pentecost. And that was in the wilderness. And on that day, the Bible says that Moses get up and gets up and he makes a stand and he says, you are either with me or you are for me. And, and so the Bible says that I'm just going kind of fast here just a little bit talking like a New Yorker but the Bible says uh, that the ground opened up and 3,000 men died that day went into the ground 
On the new Pentecost in the New Testament, the Bible said that 3,000 men were added to the church. Amen. And so God begins to move in times and places from the old covenant until the new covenant. He begins to move. Praise God. And so he had 12 disciples. After they got filled with the Holy Ghost, they become 12 apostles. Come on, somebody. Don't you know there's always room to move in God? Praise God. Amen. Because as they began to be discipled, now that the Holy Spirit began to move and, and moved inside of them, they become uh, with the power to be able to become the apostles. And so 12 men that was disciples now, amen, by the power and the glory of the anointing of God begins to move upon their lives and they step up and become the 12 apostles. And when they become the 12 apostles, they didn't just build big churches and they didn't just give out popcorn and eat pizza and have big youth programs, amen. They begin to go out and travel and preach about Jesus. And everything they begin to preach was about him. And they, they, they preached about, uh, about him dying for the world. Sometimes I look around and I see this world in the shape that it's in. Praise God. And sometimes I think we forget as a church body who we're doing this for. Amen. We're not doing this for our building. We're not doing this for our community. I know we want to reach our community, but we're doing this for God. We're doing this because the blood of Jesus has already been shed on our behalf. Come on now. We know that the blood of Jesus, the Bible says that when he took the stripes upon his back, that every major disease in this world was underneath that blood. And that's where we have to stand at. And that's where we come at. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care who died before they should have. I don't care what disease took them. We do not step back and say, well, that disease did. We got to stand on our faith even though when the devil's knocking down our doors and we can't see the things, we still believe in what Jesus did. Praise God. In Acts chapter 3, they got so filled up with the power. Amen. The Bible said that Peter and John began to walk by one day uh, and they saw a lame man sitting on the steps of the church. Uh, isn't that funny? Praise God. Uh, here is a church and here's the people talking about God. Uh, but you got a lame man that's not able to go in. Uh, when I see this, I perceive this uh, as where we are at right now because there's a lot of people who are lame. They are to a place uh, to where they cannot get nowhere uh, by themselves. Uh, the world has entangled them. Uh, the world has told them, you'll condition is not allowed in the church. Come on now. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of the color card. I'm sick and tired of the white church and the black church. Come on now. It is all about the blood of Jesus. He didn't die for a color. He died for the world. And don't you know that he made the color? He put it in our lives. And so we got to understand there's so many things that's keeping us on the steps of the church instead of going into the church. I need to come down here. I feel a preach coming on. Praise God. But the Bible tells me that the kingdom of God is now only inside of me. This ain't nothing but an ecclesia, which means meeting place. But you become the church. You become the power filled with God. You come to, you become the person in the Bible that nobody else ever gets to read but you. When you go into your job, when you're at your home, when you're at family reunions. Anybody been to a family reunion and you got some crazy family? It's almost like when you say, well, I don't want to go in there and talk about Jesus because they already think I'm ignorant and unlearned. They think I'm one of those ignorant people because, because I talk about Jesus. They think I'm uneducated and unlearned because, because I believe in, in, in Jesus, the Savior. 
So Peter and him comes by and the Bible says uh, that he looks at the lame man uh, and the lame man's holding out his little cup uh, and he's jingling the little cup uh, and he said, uh, he, he, he said, he said, can you help me today? Uh, can you help me? See, because the church believed in this. Uh, they believed, the church at that time believed uh, that every person ought to have a right to make money because every person in whatever condition they in still had to pay taxes. Hmm. And so they allowed them in his condition stay out here because, you know, we are the glorified church and we serve God and there's nothing wrong with us. And so you must have sinned or your mom and dad must have sinned or something must have happened to cause you to be in that condition. And I need to just help somebody in here this morning because there are some places and stuff involved in your life that you didn't ever ask for. It's been handed down to you through the bloodline and you you don't even know why and you're angry and you don't know why you're upset and you don't know why you can't hold down a job and you don't know why everything is going crazy and you don't know why but when you find Jesus he takes all of those things and he removes them out of your life and then you know him there's a lot of people in society today and they're hurting and they don't understand why they don't want to drink they don't want to dope up with dope they don't want to do all those things, but they can't get out from underneath it. And so the church is sitting back and saying, you know what, praise God, well, somebody come in the other day and they smell like alcohol. Pastor, we ought to just tell them they can't come to church. Sit down and shut up. My God, if we're the only hope for them, then lead them alone. They're in a place to get hope. You're standing in the way. You need to get out of the way and let them come to Jesus. <laughs> too much, too much of this stuff, and they're sitting on the outside, they're sitting right in. They can hear the people in the church. They can hear the songs being sang. They can hear the preachers preach. They can hear everything, but they just come far enough to the church, but the condition is not letting them inside the church. Can I tell you, the life changers does exactly what it says. It changes lives, and we are a life changer. We're a life saver. We're a life net to some people who don't know any other way. And I think at this time being completely filled with the Holy Ghost, Peter, who was probably the oldest disciple at the time, I think he was my age, about 42. Uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and he was the oldest of the disciples, and he was always the most outspoken. He was the one that Jesus called to become the rock. Now, he was rough. He didn't mess around with you. He'd cut your ear off, cuss you. Uh-oh. Don't be going cussing now. I didn't say you could cuss. I said Peter did. He was just an old rough fisherman. He was a pirate. Y'all know how pirates do. Well, well, you've heard of it. 
they do the outrageous, crazy stuff. He was just an old pirate. He stayed out on, on, on the boat most of his life. He, he stayed out making, making the ends meet. He was just a rough man. And, 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 and the, the series I preached on misfits and outcasts, when we talked about Peter, he was a misfit. He was an outcast. He, he didn't belong with, with Jesus, but Jesus didn't come to call the perfect. He come to call the men and women who would make a difference. He wasn't examining us and trying to find out what our condition was because without any qualifications and without any conditions, he calls us into his kingdom and they look at us as we're ignorant and we're unlearned. Peter and John walked up. The man wanted to give money and Peter told him, he said, look at me in the eyes. The King James Version said, he fastened, his, he fastened his eyes upon him. And he said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give unto thee. Now go see a doctor. Oh, he didn't, oh, okay. Google your condition. <laughs> No. He just said, rise up and walk. Thanks. Now, why would you tell a man to walk when he can't walk? He didn't lay hands on him. He didn't say, okay, I want all the church people to come around here and let's lay hands on this, although that's okay. I've been involved in it. I remember, I remember them old church ladies used to get a hold of you, and I mean, I mean, they would get you at the altar, and they'd lay their hands on you, and they'd beat your head on that old wooden altar, and when you got up, you had a red mark right here, and I guarantee you wish you was with Jesus. Time they got done with you. Praise God. I mean, they'd get a hold of you, and some would say, turn it loose. Some would say, grab a hold of it. And you didn't know if you just turn loose or grab a hold. You're just confused. And you're trying to turn loose and you're trying to grab hold. They say, turn loose, grab a hold. And you just like, ah! <laughs> Let it go. Grab it. Confused about what to do. There was no confusion. Peter just spoke. He looked at the man right in the eyeballs so his soul could see. From soul to soul. And he said, rise up and walk. There was so much authority and power in Peter's voice as he began to speak that that man didn't question. He didn't wonder. He didn't say, but don't you know I was born this way? I'm so sick and tired of hearing that phrase. I was born this way. Honey, let me tell you something. Well, I'm born this way because I'm homosexual. I have a right. I'm gay. I have a right. The only right you have is to have the devil cast out of you. And you wasn't born that way. God put a man and female... Ah, you got to stand up and know what God said. He spoke. He didn't go back and try to explain. I've been in prayer lines when, when I call a prayer line and say, okay, I want to pray for you. What's wrong? And some people want to go back 10 years. They want to go back to every, listen, 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 listen. 
when faith begins to move us, this man was just sitting on the steps of the temple holding his little uh, cup so he could get some help so he could keep on living. And Peter and John just happened to come by the temple. Isn't it amazing when you just happen to walk into Walmart? Come on, somebody. When you just happen to walk into Piggly Wiggly, when you just happen to walk in to the restaurant, when you just happen to take that road and that car sitting on the side of the road with a flat, when you just happen happened to meet that desperate mama in the Walmart line when her children are on dope and she's crying and confused and don't know she wants a Kit Kat or Snickers and everything's going crazy and you just happen to pull up behind her and she's got three baskets full of groceries and you're thinking I should have went out to the express line and checked out but the Holy Ghost brought you right in that ah, come on somebody you talking about ignorant and unlearned. We are led so much by what we see. Fox and CNN and ABC and all the stuff and, 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 and everything going on and Facebook blowing everything up and bringing movements and the church is getting caught up in it and we're trying to get in a Democrat party and a Republican party when you're actually a kingdom party. Come on, somebody. It's not about red check or blue check. It's about the blood of Jesus. And when he puts it upon your life, you have to stand up and you have to be like heaven wants you to be. Lord, I want to be more like you. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want a church like everybody else has. I don't want to go through life and scrolling through Facebook and trying to live like this one or have what this one. Lord, I want what you want me to have. And our identity being wrapped up and confused by what the world is having to offer instead of what God is offering. One of the scariest verses in the Bible that you will ever read was the day that Samson went to shake himself and didn't even know that the anointing had left. One of the scariest verses you'll ever read here we are sitting in America and we got the hype going on. Don't even know that the anointing had left. We got to shake ourselves and can't feel it. We got to move in his direction. Don't know where he's at. Betty Baxter, I believe is her name, wrote a book many, many years ago and it's called The Belly of Hell. Now, here's a start that the churches don't preach on much anymore is hell. Because the world has condemned us and told us, well, don't talk about that because you're just scaring people. And if you just scare people, let me tell you something. Maybe you need the hell scared out of you. <laughs> and she wrote a book about hell is designed and shaped as, as in a body of a man. 
And she talks about the belly of hell. She talks about the feet of hell. She talks about the hands of hell and the arms of hell and, and, and the neck of hell and the heart of hell. She talks about all these things. And she said that she was took down into, into this place every single night and God showed her. But she said that in the belly of hell was one of the most tormented places that there was. She said, and this is where the preachers and the believers were. The ones who knew to do God's will, but didn't do it. She said, preachers were preaching the gospel just like they was on a stage with lights. Singers were singing a cappella, some of the best voices she had ever heard in her life. And they began to sing the, the worship of Jesus. And, then, and, and she talked like that it wasn't the fire that was the torment. The torment was that the Spirit of God was not there. Now I know America sings bad, but the Holy Ghost is still here. I know things look really bad, but the Spirit of God is still dwelling in this place. I know there's a rampant, rampant stuff going on, but the Spirit of God, you better thank God that churches are still having church. Come on, somebody. You can sit home on your iPhone and your computer and your tablet and say, I'm having church all you want to, but you mark my words. I'm telling you the truth. There will come a time when church will cease, and the only way you will get it is in an underground place, even right here in America. I'm not trying to to scare you to death. I'm telling you where it's going and where it's coming. You better stop being ignorant and unlearned. Because these men, they perceived had been with Jesus. That lame man got up and walked. And all of the council of the, of, of the church showed up in Acts chapter 4. They showed up to find out what in the world's going on. And they took Peter and John and they got them up and they began to talk about and talk about why they was doing things wrong and why they was doing it like this. It wasn't the name of Jesus. Jesus is dead. He died. But Peter said, but didn't you hear? He got up. Come on, somebody. Didn't you hear? He got up. Didn't you hear? My Jesus resurrected. The Bible says that the same spirit that resurrected Jesus is the same spirit that lives in you. I need to tell somebody, go ahead and get up because he lives in you. Peter goes down to the story. The Bible says that Peter being filled with the Holy Ghost says Jesus was the stone that was rejected. He becomes a cornerstone and Peter goes down to say that by no other name shall a man be saved but by the name of Jesus. And they all got mad so they went over and had them a little powwow and they began to talk. And one of them said, these ignorant and unlearned men, but you know what? They talk like he talks. They talked like Jesus talked. 
They're ignorant and unlearned because, because what they were thinking was that their religion of Jesus wasn't like the school of Gamaliel. It wasn't, it wasn't in the most high place. And these men are talking about Jesus. Look, he's just an old fisherman. He, he ain't got even no, 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 no way about of even being here. Look at John. Who is John? Who is these men? They're not even up in society. They don't know anything. They're just lower class people. But at the same time, heaven was living inside of them and, and lame people was getting up and walking and dead people was living again. Come on, somebody. Blind eyes was open up. Deaf ears was unstopped. And the church was going, growing by 3,000 people a day. What made them mad was they was leaving from the church that they had started with their law and breaking free from the law out of religion and getting freedom. You know when hell is threatened? It's when you start stealing people from hell. You know when the community gets mad at you? It's when you start standing up and you're not looking like the world and acting like the world and speaking like the world and depending on the world. Come on, somebody. You know, when hell gets mad, praise God, when COVID hit, I know of many churches that stood up in their pulpits on Sunday after, after people got in and said, I want to thank God for the government for helping us out to pay the staff of our people. Let me tell you something. When life changers went down and I preached on my porch for 10 and a half weeks and out here in the trailer for three weeks, I'm telling you right now, there was no government and help and I didn't know if we was going to hope, open the doors open to hold it but that's where my faith become but some people says where's your faith my faith come when everything shut down my faith come when God did a hard reset oh life changes church my faith come when God showed up in the middle of the storm I might be ignorant and I might be unlearned and I didn't get no COVID money but one thing I got is the blood of Jesus Jesus running through my veins. People telling me how ignorant I was for not signing up how uneducated I was because I didn't fill in for these grants and get all of this money. Some people says, well, you know what? You're going to start a school, huh? I'm, yeah, we're going to start a school. Why? Because God said to. Well, don't you know you could get grant money? Don't you know you could put that in? And I said, you know what? I'm just going to trust on God because here's the thing. When he tells you to do it, then he does it. I need to tell somebody, if God said it, he will do it. He'll do it. If God says he's going to do something in your life. He's going to do something in your life. In 1995, drunk out of my mind, hung over, still messed up on crank that have been done for three days, walked into a church on Saturday night. Yeah, that was a real Saturday night live right there. Walked into it. Fell down at the feet of Jesus in 1995, March of 1995. Gave my life to God. Had a bunch of bruises and 
upsets and falls and scrapes and scrumbles and trying to figure out where's what's going on. Even when the calling hit, I didn't understand the calling, but I just stepped with God. In the year 2000, Y2K, with no more electricity, no more water, because it's switching over to four more digits that the world didn't even know. And they were going to have running water. The computers are going to be gone. And God said, step out full time in your ministry. And I did. I had preachers call me up and tell me, brother, this ain't the time to do it. Just hang where you're at. Let's see what the world is going to do. Let me tell you something. If you're going to sit back and trying to figure out the direction that the world is going to go, then it's not faith that's moving you. I need to tell you, I need to tell somebody in here this morning, you better get the world out of your sights. You better take them out of your mind because what God is doing, he's doing it through ignorant and unlearned men and women of God who just trust in him and know exactly what he's brought them out of. I sat at the Mexican restaurant in Atoka, Oklahoma. I sat there, me and my wife did, eating chips and cheese dip, praise God, and a greasy burrito. And I watched outside that window and I watched the cars line up at the gas station and pull out their canteens and everything they could get to get gas in. I saw, I, I, I saw gas stations uh, completely sell out uh, in a day's time. Uh, and we sat there, uh, and Tanner was, a, 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 a lane was about uh, uh, two, uh, and Tanner was uh, uh, about three and a half or four. Uh, and they sat there uh, not even knowing nothing. And mom and daddy's taking them uh, on a journey, and they didn't even have a clue. Uh, and they just sitting there eating their chips uh, and eating their salsa. And we're looking out the window, uh, and everybody's saying, man, they're crazy out there. Look at that. Uh, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, and I'm just eating my chips and salsa. I don't care what's going to happen tomorrow. Praise God. Because I know what God called me to do. Come on, somebody. The, the what's not service. Praise God. That's why I still do what's not today. It's still one of my biggest services here at Life Changes Church. Because on December the 31st, we find ourselves in the house of God, praying the old year out and the new year in. Because I'm here to tell you right now, there's one thing that God has done for me prophetically. And it's given me a word for another year before I go into it. I've always done it. And it started me out in 2000 and I had to keep the word I had to prophesy I had to move in it and I'm telling you on December the 31st and we walked into that little old church and we began to pray with about 15 people there and we began to pray the house down and about 5 minutes to 12 I looked up at the clock and I started praying some more and about 2 minutes to 12 I looked at the clock and I prayed some more and at midnight I looked at the clock and the lights were still on I started praying some more about 12 I looked at the clock and the lights was on and I started praying some more and the devil said well your clock must be off and I said okay I'll pray a little longer then come on somebody and so I prayed a little longer and about 10 after 12 the lights was still on about 15 after 12 the lights was still on about 1230 about 8 of us were slain out in the spirit in that little old country church and calling out to God I'm telling you right now God begins to move because anytime he's going to make a man, he's going to break a man first. Amen. Peter and John, the Bible said, just happened by that way. You know, this is usually the route they didn't take because he's a bunch of religious people and they'd been with Jesus and they was hunting Jesus 
So this is a, a route that they usually just kind of went around and said, don't go over there and a bunch of crazy religious people. But they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo, don't tell me the Holy Ghost don't make a difference. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. It makes a difference. You know what the Holy Ghost is? It's like the phone booth is to Clark Kent, honey. It'll transform you. I mean, you'll go in as Roger and come out as Superman, praise God. When the Holy Ghost indwells you, it'll move upon your life. And so they come walking by, just happen by that way. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Come out of an upper room. They weren't scared no more. Used to in the 80s, in the 90s, with a back glass of my pickup. It said, ain't scared. Come on, somebody. They ain't scared no more. They got the Holy Ghost wrapped up in them. And they walk by a lame man that been sitting there for years the same lame man that Jesus passed by and I believe he said hang on buddy it's coming it's coming keep hanging in there it's coming Jesus could have healed him but he just kept walking hang in there buddy Keep on hanging in there, man. Jesus shook his hand. Hey, hang in there. <laughs> no, you're not a man, but hang in there. <coughs> hang in there, Polly. You've been there once. Yeah, you know what it feels like. Hang in there. Hang in there. Because it's the ignorant and the unlearned policies of God that heals a man. Hang in there. Hang in there. Jesus passed by your condition. Some of you are sitting in this church and you're wondering, well, I've been going to church for three months and I've been telling God and God ain't doing it. Let me tell you something. I told God for almost four months and I sat right here in this spot. And yeah, yeah, a lot of people didn't know, but I didn't have to tell a lot of people. God did and I believed. And when God told me I was healed that day, I knew I was. And God didn't heal me this night. He confirmed that he healed me on Thursday night. And I'm telling somebody right now, the same God is going to confirm to you. And whoever you are, feel like you just come to church, but you're sitting on the steps. I've been going to church for months. I've been going to church for years. Pastor, my baby still died. My mama still died. My husband still died. I still lost my job. Went through a divorce after 20 years. Pastor, I felt like I was just going to church and sitting on the steps. Paralyzed. The only way I could get there is to have somebody to pick me up and take me. But when I got ready to go, somebody had to pick me up and move me. Spiritually, people are coming to church paralyzed and too ignorant. I like saying that word, ignorant. And unlearned men. They didn't have a college education. 
They didn't go to the fanciest Bible college. They didn't write five books and put them on TBM. They didn't have a superstar name traveling everywhere and have private jets and filling up the biggest coliseums. Just two ignorant and unlearned men walked by that day. She's all right. And they told him, I don't have fortune. I don't have fame. Nobody knows me. I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. But what I have, I'm going to give to you. What I have, I'm going to give to you today. You talking about danger zone, honey. It's time the church quit messing around and being safe. It's time we quit sitting over in our corner. We don't want to upset Facebook. I'll get in Facebook jail. We, we, we don't want to be censored because, because they don't like what we say. Well, the world's changing. Well, the world's got this. Well, don't you know that there's a gay Bible out now? Honey, let me tell you something. I would be absolutely afraid for that person who ever wrote that Bible because the Bible says do not add to it or take away. And I'm telling you right now, you better get the fear of God in your life and you better stand back up and you better become ignorant and you better become unlearned in this generation of ever knowledge of ever knowing of ever computer of ever science a project and you better stand on the promises of God because that my friend is the only thing that's going to save America it's not a politician it's not another bill passed it's the church that will stand back up and preach the uncompromisable bloody gospel unadulterated word of God back out back into this generation uh, this limp-wristed uh, going back generation uh, that is washed up uh, in everything else but the blood pass around the come piano please my god we need another revival Need another move of God. <laughs> we need some more people that would just happen by their way. Well, I don't want to go over there, preacher, because that's the projects. Well, I won't go over a preacher because that's the poor community. And you know the poor community, you know, they love to rob you, stab you, steal from you. You know them people, the riffraff. That's the other side. We won't go over here, become popular. I sat in my office right here on Broadway. Do you know how many riffraffs walk into my office?
Some of them carrying backpacks and duffel bags. You know how many pastors said, and let me tell you something, they start carrying them duffel bags in there, you better get them out. Now walk in that door filled with the Holy Ghost. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. Praise God. Come on, somebody. We got to stand up. I stand underneath the shadow of the Almighty of God. He protects me with his wings. I'm telling you right now, we got to be the light. We got to be ignorant and unlearned to society and be popular to heaven. Because when it's all said and done, here's what they're going to say. I think they've been with Jesus. Wow. They talk like they've been with Jesus. there is ever a time that the church has got to stand up on its own now. The Bible says in the book of Haggai, I will shake everything that can be shaken. And when the whole world has been shaken over a virus, not just one part of the world, honey, I'm telling you, the whole world went on lockdown. And the church was sitting over in confinement. <laughs> Remember John 2020? 20, I preached 2021. 20, Remember John 2020? And Jesus walked into the room that they was locked in. They went into the room and locked themselves in. And that is the room that he showed them his scars. That is the room that he walked in and revealed the scar in his side and the scars in his hands. That is the place where he got the most intimate when the church, when they was on lockdown because Jesus, his body had been missing and nobody knew what was going on. And so they told a lie and said, let's tell everybody that somebody stole him. Don't you know that in America right now, they're trying to tell the church that this virus, it don't matter who you are, what race you are or what color you are it'll kill you but you know what my Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that my Jesus died for me he shed his blood for me no matter what color I am no matter what continent I live on he did it for the whole world Family members died of this virus. Church people that I loved died of this virus. The whole world went nuts. And the church people are divided and divisioned. 
should I get the shot or should I not get the shot? Just shut up. Just shut up. The question is, should I pray longer? The question is, should I go to church more? The question is, should we have a revival for about four weeks and wear ourselves out until we're so tired when we go home, we can't get on Facebook and scroll to midnight and get up and be tired? Should we have another revival that will wear us smooth out? Should we have another revival that will run the devil out? I tell you right now, if I was the devil, I'd get me a U-Haul and I'd pack my stuff up because Pittsburgh, Kansas will have a revival that will go on the books and the mark of hell will leave.